Hey everybody, Tom Block. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles and thank you to Seminole Boosters for their support of this program and more than that, their support of Florida State student-athletes. If you're listening to this show and you're not a booster, what are you doing? Support the program and the student-athletes you care about. All the information you need is online at boosters.fsu.edu. Your gift makes an impact. It supports scholarships and sports medicine, strength and conditioning, nutrition, equipment. Buy tickets, show the student-athletes you care. All the info you need, boosters.fsu.edu. And all the info you need this week, well, here's Front Row Knowles. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Good day, everybody. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you. This is Front Row Knowles. Keith, are you still basking in the glow of whipping Miami? I am ecstatic. That's what I you said the not, other day. I did not see that coming, and I've remained ecstatic. Um, that was a woodshed whipping, and I know the team has to focus on Syracuse and get on with it, but I'm just relishing in what I witnessed on Saturday night. That's actually the biggest thing to me is uh, while while we are looking backward – the team needed to start looking forward on Sunday. And when you hear reports that maybe Syracuse's starting quarterback won't be in there, I don't know what that adds to the preparation. But the flip side would be the flip side would be this that FSU figured out they they can be pretty doggone good when they're dialed in. And maybe that's the way they go when they build on it. And that's obviously what we're all hoping for. No question. And I think the biggest thing that I took away in the moment was that FSU never took their foot off the accelerator. Uh, and I know that's an overused cliche, but we've seen this team get out to early leads and then just do whatever, whatever. That didn't happen Saturday night. They kept after it. It wasn't whatever, whatever. It was after it. And that was impressive. Let me ask you a question here. Bob Franti is going to join us next segment. We'll talk a little bit more. We're, we're sort of, uh, we do this. We got three games left plus a bowl game, but you start looking at the depth chart and going, well, Who's coming back? And the million-dollar question is the guy that's running the offense. Do you think Jordan Travis comes back, or do you think he's gone? Well, I, I, I'll answer it this way. I don't think he's ready. He, like many, would benefit from another year at Florida State. The question then becomes, is he willing to be patient? Or does he take, does he take good money? or come back for a year and maybe get better or great money next year. And I don't, I just don't know the answer to that. He hasn't spoken to it that I'm aware of and I'm not close. You're much closer to the program. I'm not close to anybody that that is close to him to ask the question of. Well, so I just really answer. don't know. He's not going to answer yeah. that question right now. Yeah. Um, he's not going to get taller or bigger by coming back for another year would be the counterpoint to that. Well, he's going to be that. He's going to be. He can older. throw the ball. He can throw the ball better a year from now than he does now, because he throws the ball better this year than he did a year ago. And that's the question. That would be the yeah. We can go count uh, point counterpoint on this. Uh, if he improved as much next year as he did this year from last year, I mean, uh, that would be quite the ceiling. It's already remarkable how much he's improved. I you know we're not going to be able to answer that question today. I do I do think it's an interesting question. Uh, as to whether or not he's going to come back. And there's a lot of other guys that we'll be asking this question about too. When when you look at many of the key guys could come back, but I don't know they, that they will. Jared Verse, 
potentially gone. Jamie Robinson has another year. I would think he's probably gone. Fabian Lovett has another year. I think he's probably gone. So you're talking about a lot of big names off this team, which I hate to, I hate to have this conversation. Now you got three game, four games left this year. Well, the other one that you haven't talked about, and I don't know where he sits in the eligibility standpoint, but the best running back in the country right now is Trey Benson, according to some of those, you know, metrics. Does he take advantage of that if he's eligible? Trey Benson is eligible to me, and this is might be FSU wishful thinking. He needs to to put it together for a little bit longer than what he has because his first two years he was basically a well no show is not a fair way to characterize it. He had a horrific injury and didn't do anything his first two years. So at this point he's got nine games on of tape at the college level. Um, so he doesn't have a ton of tread on the tires from that standpoint. But I would hope he would come back. The the larger point, though, Keith, is he is – I don't know that I've seen a running back improve the way he has over the course of one season, and I think it's truly just because he's been getting acclimated to the college game after not playing for two years. Except that, Tommy, he had a horrific knee injury. Every game he plays in college, he has a chance of re-injuring. Why not make some money doing it? Oh, so now you're going to go the counterpoint. I see how this works. (laughs) We're We're switching roles just like that. All right, we'll get Bob Ferrante on the horn. We'll talk uh, more about Florida State's big win in Florida State football right after this on Front Row Knowles. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank, Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at TryMyBank.com. Member FDIC. The holidays are right around the corner, and many of you are traveling to visit family and friends. What a great time to upgrade to a newer used vehicle from Hobson Chevrolet. With new Chevrolets arriving daily and the best used car inventory in North Florida and South Georgia, it's a great time to buy. Need to get your car serviced for your travels? Mike Tyler and his team will take good care of you so you'll have a good, safe trip. So whether it's sales or service, come by and see us or check us out at HobsonChevrolet.com. Buy and service your Chevrolet the Hobson way. Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles, Tom Block and Keith Jones. And we open up that Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. We say hello to our good friend from the Osceola. Some would call him our Osceola insider, Bob Ferrante. How are you, Bob? Doing well. How are you guys? I'm, I'm good. 45 to 3. I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. <laughs> and, and an 84-point turnaround in, in two years kind of makes everybody ecstatic, right? Uh, and at my age, you got to be careful because that hurt <laughs> yeah to your to your point bob uh, i think we've all been around i know we've all been around this series for a while uh, i don't know that i saw that score coming i felt like florida state could win handily in that game based on the two teams going in but because it was a rivalry game i was never gonna count that until i saw it on the final score but it is something when you see miami uh, i don't want to take away from florida state they played a good game but I mean, Miami's a mess. They basically quit in that game. Their fans checked out at about the same time the team did, which was midpoint of the second quarter, and it was over. 
Yeah, I think when you can run for 200 plus yards against a rival, and and that used to be a really key stat in the Florida State Miami series was whoever can run for more yards than the opponent typically won. That that seemed to be a Bowden era constant, and it wavered a little bit, you know, in, through the latter coaching changes. But when you can run like that. Um, and Dylan Gibbons talked at Tuesday after practice and he was not, um, you know, he wasn't throwing shade, I don't think, but he basically said, you know, when, when the offensive line hit and hit hard with effort and intensity, Miami hit initially. And then a few plays later back down and, and it, you could feel Miami, you call it what you want, quitting, lack of effort, not matching the intensity, whatnot force that was able to bring it and, and Miami could not respond. So when you can run like that, when you can play defense and keep your opponent out of the end zone and force that many uh, takeaways, which we hadn't seen in a long time, we hadn't seen that many punts either. It was really just a really cool dominating um, game all around and, and special teams too, with the way Master Mono punted and, and the punt coverage was, was exceptional too. Bob, the thing that impressed me most is that Florida State is intense. We have seen this team get ahead and then not quit, but take their foot right here. It didn't appear to be that way Saturday night. And I think that was a little bit of the worry after Georgia Tech, maybe, that coming out of the bye week, you might have taken Georgia Tech for granted. And, yeah, you didn't keep the foot on the gas and just knock them out that late that late drive by Georgia Tech was a touchdown so you kind of were worried okay if you make these similar mistakes whether it be penalties or takeaways or just you know moments where you, you lack focus that it could hurt you but it was a very focused Florida State team down in Miami I think Mike Norvell mentioned that from the start he saw it in warm-ups he saw it in the locker room he wanted controlled emotion which is really really tough in a rivalry game where you know a lot of your depth chart um, has some South Florida ties or your teammate really wants to win. So he has bragging rights. You know, you want to help the guy next to you, make sure that he gets the 365 day bragging rights. But I, I thought, you know, against a rival, um, you know, it, it was about as good as you could have expected. Yeah. First drive field goal, but really from there, I, I, I thought Florida state just, just set the tone and, and didn't, one of the keys was don't make mistakes. Don't let Tyler Van Dyke beat you if he is able to play. And, and Florida State got to him, you know, a couple times, rattled him, and he wasn't feeling good either. But you, you didn't give Miami a chance to feel like they had another run in the second quarter. They tried to have a little bit of a drive in the third quarter and then and then botched it away. So they never really felt like they had a chance in it. And, and so Florida State was just able to run away. You mentioned the emotions, Bob. What about Deuce Span and his flare up late in the game and then how Coach Norvell handled it, which he's been asked about this week as well, just general thoughts. I think you can interpret it different ways if you're watching it on TV. You can interpret it as, wow, he's really, really into, you know, talking to Deuce. And then he went back over to Deuce after Deuce had walked away. And you can say, well, maybe Coach should have let it go. But you can kind of see after hearing from Coach Norvell the why. It's and he's been very intentional in saying this week, I, I've been 18 to 23. I've been in these situations um, where, where guys have made a, a, an emotional mistake in a game. 
And you want to make sure that that's a learning experience, not just for one player, but for the entire team. And I think he really didn't want to back away until Deuce had a full understanding of maybe not why coach was, was upset, just frustrated. And, and hey, next time, this is what you're going to do differently. And I think that's that's really healthy. And maybe you can't do that in an extremely tight game where you're you're a, a play caller from the sidelines and, and you've got to be focused on what's happening next. But I think where the game was, it, it was it was a runaway at that point. It, it was just a good learning lesson for, for Deuce. And I, I think that that kind of is a really cool insight into who Coach Norvell is. We see that kind of thing on the practice field pretty consistently. He will chew on guys. He he will kind of laugh and, and and pat guys on the butt and and he'll he'll tease them a bit too. So there's there's some tough love, but but there's an understanding that I'm here to help you develop as a young man, as a football player. And I, I think we all kind of got a glimpse of that, uh, whether you were watching the stadium or or on national TV. And I was watching national TV, and the first thing that jumped out at me is that is a reinforcement of who is in charge, and we are going to do it my way. Not to be a horse's tail, but just as you say, to reinforce the fact we cannot make those mistakes and we will not tolerate those mistakes. And there be no doubt about who's in charge. I liked it. And except for that that penalty, I mean, there weren't that many penalties on Saturday. It was a relatively clean game from the Florida State standpoint. So that that's good progress for, I, I think, a team that has – definitely battled double digit penalties it seems like quite often on Saturdays and, and that's that's an area where where I think Norvell's made a huge focus of trying to improve um, how these guys finish the season speaking of dealing with 18 to 23 year olds one of them was in the portal for about 30 seconds earlier this week and Sam McCall came back and had a good practice on Tuesday uh, any news to report there this portal's a crazy thing but uh, any any news there I think, and I don't know all my new rules, but the transfer portal windows are not currently open. He can announce whatever he wishes. He can declare an intention. Um, and of course he announced something and then emotionally said, I, I made a decision you know, to, to talk in emotion on social media, which is always the danger of, of having social media. It's, it's right there um, on your phone. You can tweet or post whatever photo that you like and, and you don't think about the reaction of uh, of everybody who's kind of following you and watching you and and Mike Norvell made that point that there are there are thousands of people watching your every post and curious about about your life and your your football career for now he's a Florida State football player he was on the field Tuesday morning um I I think the coaches are not quick to praise him for returning or, or how well he's practiced I would say they're they're happy that he's out there and he's working hard. They kind of say that's the expectation of just everybody that you're you're expected to work hard. What happens after the Florida game is probably anybody's guess. Um, I think, quite frankly, he, he's a freshman. He wants to play. He was a high four star, five star guy who just truly wants to be on the field, contributing and playing. That's the tough transition from high school star to, you know, a, a true freshman who wants to whether it's return kicks or, or play some DB desperately wants playing time. And it, it happens at a different pace for every freshman. I, I think the coaches have addressed that and discussed the different examples and, and the examples of guys who, yes, they make some contributions later in their freshman year. 
sometimes that freshman year is a, a catapult for year two. Uh, we've seen what Shaheen Brown has done, for example. You know, it's it's a really tough situation. Obviously, I think everybody wants him to stay. How it works out to be determined. But but I think again, similar to the Deuce Span thing, the emotions got the best of them. But this was a moment that happened on on social media, and and everybody kind of caught it quickly. All right, let's look ahead. I mean, we can revel in that revel in that uh, that forty-two point win forever. Can they maintain Syracuse's without services of their starting quarterback? Uh, the dome has not been a terribly good place for FSU to play of late. Uh, Syracuse is a little bit of downward trajectory. What do we think Saturday's going to work out to be? Yeah, I think you play it out in similar ways to you know, Miami. Big question with the Hurricanes was who was the quarterback going to be? They used three and, and looked disorganized. And and with Syracuse, you know, do they try and, and get Garrett Schrader out there who is, you know, more experienced, clearly a really good runner. We saw that last year, how he ran against Florida State, as well as some some well-timed throws. Um, he, he's not a not a great passer by any stretch, I don't think, but he's improved from last year. If, if Florida State does not see Garrett Schrader, then I, I certainly like Florida State's chances. Um, if, if it is yet another interesting situation for this defense, for the coordinators, for the staff, um, they've got to prepare again all the players for yet again the, the variable of who will be the quarterback and, and what will the offense look like when it's uh, you know Garrett Schrader or um, I believe the other guy's Del Rio Wilson, the, the Florida transfer. So how does it look? How does it feel? That's a real challenge. But I, I think, again, from this way out, we kind of felt this way after the bye week that Florida State was capable of winning all five of these games as long as the mistakes do not accumulate. If we don't see mistakes like penalties and turnovers, I, I think Florida State's very much in the driver's seat to, to win all of these games the rest of the way. Which would send them to which bowl game, Bob? I know our colleagues are campaigning for all the good ones. I mean, the Holiday Bowl in San Diego sounds fabulous. Um, the Pinstripe, who who wouldn't want New York around Christmas time? Jacksonville is nearby, and um, I know Forsey hasn't played in Jacksonville since the the last uh, Coach Bowden game, the Bowden Bowl against West Virginia. I don't think it would be Orlando simply because of the the Florida State LSU tie-in, um, you know, next Labor Day weekend. So would Orlando want to have Florida State twice in, um, you know, nine and a half, 10 months, whatever? That would be a little bit interesting to see how that plays out. But I think there's some really attractive destinations. And, and it's cool hearing fans saying, I'm excited. I'm planning to go wherever it is. And, and, and I want to go. My wife wants to go, that kind of thing. So that's, that's fun to hear fans talk about that. I thought you were going to crack a joke about Jacksonville on my behalf there, Keith. But since you didn't, Bob, I happen to think Jacksonville is where they're going to land. But I found it interesting uh, that in, in looking at this today, ESPN says the Pinstripe Bowl, the Athletics says the Holiday Bowl, the USA Today says the Sun Bowl, Sports Illustrated says the Cheez-It Bowl, CBS says the Military Bowl, and Athlon says the Holiday Bowl. But I think what it comes down to, uh, assuming Clemson's out of the playoff, Clemson or North Carolina goes to the Orange Bowl, and then the loser of that 
or Notre Dame goes to Orlando, and then the third team there probably goes to the – well, I, I don't know if they go to the Gator Bowl. That's when the Bulls start working it out, and the Gator Bowl is going to take FSU before they take North Carolina, which would leave them to go to the Dukes-Mayo Bowl or whatever in Charlotte. That seems like the way it's going to fall to me, unless somehow – and I don't think it's possible for both Clemson and North Carolina to get into a New Year's Six game because one of them is going to have to lose in the ACC championship game. Yeah, I think the way it plays out, I, I have to think the folks in Jacksonville are, are kind of salivating at the opportunity to get to get Florida State back because they lost the Boise game in 2019 because of the storm. And, and this just feels like it's just setting up, you know, as long as Florida State takes care of business here down the line, they're they're very much desirable to to go to Jacksonville. And I think that's that's a great opportunity to be there and, and play in that game with with a huge fan base nearby. And you know, yes, again, everybody would would maybe love to have a San Diego or New York, but it, it just kind of feels like that path toward Jacksonville is setting up pretty well. Well, let's transition and let's talk about something and ending that we never thought or we haven't recently talked about. And let's talk about something in the beginning that we haven't talked about since 1953. In the ending, talking about FSU going to a bowl game. It's been four years. In the beginning part, FSU basketball lost to Stetson for the first time in Tallahassee since, I think, 1953. What's going on there? Hey, hold on. I'll tell you what we're going to do, Keith. We're going to make Bob and our listeners wait a whole segment before we get his answer about uh, the inauspicious start to, uh, to basketball. Stay with us through this break. We'll come back with more Front Row Knowles right after this. Loading the kids in the car. Brokering peace in the backseat. Mastering the snack handoff without even looking. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple, so you can worry about more important things, like figuring out what's growing in that cup holder. That's simple human sense. Ask the Earl Bacon Agency in Tallahassee if auto owners is right for you, or visit us online at earlbacon.com. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Welcome back. Tom and KJ with you. All right, Bob. Uh, Bob Ferrante continues uh, to converse with us. Yeah, tough start for the basketball team, and I know they've got a lot of a lot of pieces that are hurt. They've got one who's suspended, who shouldn't be uh, suspended by the NCAA. I think some other guys were out. You were there. Uh, what what did we miss? Stunning to watch how Florida State only was playing eight guys, so they had a had a shorter bench than Stetson. Stetson didn't have a lot of height, but out rebounded Florida State thirty eight to thirty five. A little bit of that that's frustrating, I think, is is what you can control. That that heart and hustle, that junkyard dog mentality of defense that Leonard Hamilton loves. You didn't see a team that looked like 
a Florida State Leonard Hamilton coach team. And how much of that is on the players? Well, yeah, there was there were some rebounds to be had, and there were some rebounds that should have been won. I, I like to think that rebounding is effort, and and effort is something you can control. Wanted to see some better play there. Um, you know, not to knock a specific guy because we can go up and down the eight guys who played, but we didn't see a lot of Naheem McLeod in the second half. I just don't think he was contributing very much in, in the rebounding department and, and the defense. So this was a game that was lost in a lot of different ways from there, from the rebounding. Can't miss, uh, you know, 14 to 27 from the free throw line. And Leonard Hamilton said after the game, you know, fellas, I, I promise you, we really are a good free throw shooting team. So maybe they are, they just didn't show it, you know, on Monday night, the defense, the switching, I think we're all going to kind of break down what, what went well, what, what didn't, as far as, you know, some of those offensive sets worked. A lot of the defense didn't, um, especially the perimeter defense for Florida state. So there's a lot to work on. Leonard Hamilton has promised that it's fixable in, in his view. I'm skeptical how much it is fixable this fast. You're going from a Monday game to a Friday road game. We'll kind of see these results play out in the coming weeks. But but you know UCF's not not really a slouch. They're definitely a better team than than Stetson, and and this could get really interesting as far as how we see a really shorthanded but talented team adapt. Um, they've got a ton of injuries. They really really do. And it's not excuse to lose to Stetson like that because of injuries. But they just didn't play their their best brand of basketball at all. Time for concern or time for cautious patience? How about yes and yes? I, I, I'm going to kind of straddle that fence. I, I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely concerning when when you see Florida State lose to a Ken Palm ranked, you know, like th sub 300 program. There's only 350 or 360. Um, I, again, you can't control your effort. And I, I just didn't see enough of that, um, you know, on, on Monday night. I think what what you can see is improvement. Now you've seen the film. Now you know what didn't work. You've made all your mistakes out there for everybody to see. And, and you can go into practice very, very humbled. And yes, this is what we need to do. Um, I, I think we'll find out very quickly. Um, Coach Hamilton has mentioned second year veterans very frequently. Which one of those second year veterans are leaders? Um, are there other voices who are able to speak up and not, not the point finger type, but the hey, we're all in this together. How do we figure this stuff out? Because we, we have to. Um, I, I think there's a lot of talent on this roster. I think they're they're much better than what they showed on Monday. But defense does take time to, to build that kind of communication and cohesion. So many new pieces. I, I think you felt like there was going to be some hiccups. Again, nothing quite like this, though. That's tough when we're asking that question after game one, for sure. But Leonard and Stan and company have a long track record of uh, of doing more with less, certainly. But but this is in the case of more with less because I do think there's some talent there. But I, the, the biggest disparity to me, Bob, maybe over the last couple of years is the lack of, uh, especially now, just not a lot of veterans who've been in the program for four or five years. I mean, last year you had Wilkes was there and Osborne had been there a few years and polite. But now you really have guys who don't have that that backbone of being in the program for four or five years yeah I mean the, the lack truly of a senior on the roster and then you, you brought in a, a guy like Jalen Ganey from Brown to be you know he was an Ivy League defensive player of the year twice that was going to be a Malik Osborne type a guy who could 
you know, ultra shots, rebounds, uh, bring aggressive intensity down low, and, and you lose him before even a game. And, and that's that was a guy who could have been a real leader too because he had been around the block, um, you know, in the Ivy League. And I think some of that defensive intensity would have really shown and rubbed off on some of the younger guys. So lots of questions. Um, who are the leaders going to be? Is, is pretty pretty high on my list as far as how do they set the tone for where this team can go the rest of the way? Bob, a different setup over on women's soccer. You've got a veteran group of players and a first-year coaching staff and head coach, and yet they're the number one seed going into the tournament. Big win over North Carolina on Sunday. I think this was maybe the the expectation because the bar had been set there by Coach Krikorian, but I think going in, there were just high expectations based on at, at least those players who decided to come back, even though a number of them had moved on to pro soccer. But what Coach Penske and the players have done is, is pretty remarkable. I mean, they they truly avenged their regular season losses within the ACC tournament, which I think is a, a cool way to say, okay, we we learned from those experiences and, and we figured out tactically what we can do. Um, and I think that's 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 really cool to see. I don't think I truly expected watching some of those early season games, how they were playing against some of the SEC teams that they were gaining ties against. I'm not really sure I saw this developing into a, an ACC championship team, but it's fun to see. It's great to see that they they have the title. It's um, You're never going to forget that, obviously, right? And then you go into the NCAA tournament, you're going to host all your games. You're going to have the true home field advantage all the way to the College Cup. And, and that's, that's, again, really showing that the players and Coach Penske have, I think, not just that the players have bought into what he's saying, it's they've met at, at a good midpoint of this is what I want to do. This is what you all are very good at, you know, tactically and from a skill standpoint. I think he's he's blended the philosophies and, and he's had to um, coach in, in a different way. I think a lot of coaches might have just come in and said, nope, this is what I'm going to do. You're going to do it. Instead, it was more of, okay, I'm listening, I'm learning, understand what what you all do well. And again, I think that's, these are cool stories that I think players and coaches will tell down the line of of how they accomplish what they have so far. And obviously plenty of good soccer left to go too. They open up Friday hosting Florida Gulf Coast in round one. And then a uh, block family alert. I think they match up against LSU in round two the following week. Should it, uh, should it come down to that? What else in Seminole Athletics, Bob? And then we'll wrap you up. You know, unfortunately, didn't get a chance to look at it. But, you know, the women's basketball team got off to a great start with, uh, you know, the 11 a.m. game on Monday and, and, and knocking out Bethune-Cookman pretty fast. So, well, it'd be really cool to see how that roster, only 10 players, develops. And, um, yeah, you know, I think it's – it's going to be an interesting time watching both of the basketball teams, some, some maybe growing pains for, for both teams, but, uh, and of course, looking forward to Syracuse this week. And I've not made the trip to Syracuse looking forward to my first trip and um, gotten a lot of restaurant recommendations from uh, coach Hamilton and, and all the guys who, who have their favorite spots up there. Yes. Dino's. Yes. The women what, what can else score. Is the women can score. I, 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 that's what I've been able to figure out from this women's basketball team. They can put up some points. <laughs> that is the pace they're going to go at, I think, this year. Well, Bob, uh, I will see you in Syracuse at the uh, – I've come to call it the artist formerly known as the Carrier Dome is my new moniker for this thing. I think it's the JMA Wireless Dome now. 
but there is a 60% chance of rain, so I shouldn't complain about being in a dome. I'm pretty pleased about that. Hey, I'm just happy there's air conditioning this time around. That is the great irony. They they added air conditioning and heat, and they took the name carrier off of the dome. So <laughs> go, yeah. figure. go figure. One of them things that makes you go, hmm. <laughs> All right, Bob, we'll see you up there uh, later this week. Thanks, as always. Take care, guys. Take a break and come back with more Front Row Knowles right after this. The holidays are right around the corner, and many of you are traveling to visit family and friends. What a great time to upgrade to a newer used vehicle from Hobson Chevrolet. With new Chevrolets arriving daily and the best used car inventory in North Florida and South Georgia, it's a great time to buy. Need to get your car serviced for your travels? Mike Tyler and his team will take good care of you so you'll have a good, safe trip. So whether it's sales or service, come by and see us or check us out at HobsonChevrolet.com. Buy and service your Chevrolet the Hobson way. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask the Earl Bacon Agency in Tallahassee if auto owners is right for you. Or visit us online at earlbacon.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. Appreciate uh, Bob Frantier, Osceola Insider, as always. Uh, He'll be making the trip to Syracuse. Keith, you've made a few trips to Syracuse uh, over the years, I would suggest. Oh, yeah. Any, in any fact, one, recommendations? Of the, one of the things, well, one of the things that's crazy about one of our trips, you were there with me, is we played up there in November one year, and it was hot as you know what without heating. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that place was just different without the, the air conditioning and the heating. But as I mentioned, FSU has not played where there very well historically. Uh, and so, uh, you know, coaches will tell you the field's 53 and a third yards wide and 120 yards long to 100 yards on the surface, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, and, and many of these kids haven't been up there, so they don't have the history of that experience. But those of us that are old enough to remember, it's not been a place where FSU has performed well. I hope that changes. Yeah, from a one-loss standpoint, they've had success. But from a really playing a clean, memorable game. Right. They, they certainly have not had uh, had many of those. And the last, I'm, I'm trying to think, I don't, the last time we were up there for football might have been with, with Willie Taggart. I guess I should know that, but I'm not remembering a more recent one um, than that. And that was, that was a very forgettable one. What do you think about just motivation in general, uh, going back to, to what we talked about at the, the start of the show and how quickly or, or, or is Florida State going to be able to turn the page uh, again, because I, I actually see Syracuse very similar to Miami, Keith. I think they're reeling. They've lost three in a row. There's a question about their quarterback. I think if you get them down, you might be able to see them quit, whatever that looks like. Uh, but if you leave them in the game, then you're going all 60 minutes. And, and I think that's what it will boil down to. The The thing that is encouraging to me, again, I go back to the to comments we had and the conversation we had with Bob. You know, this team continued to play hard even into the fourth quarter of the Miami game. 
you know, kind of like a lesson learned. And, and hopefully once you learn that lesson, it never leaves you. So 60 minutes of effort. Sometimes you won't play as clean a game. Sometimes there'll be some turnovers. Sometimes there'll be adversity. But as we talked about, particularly in reference to Leonard Hamilton and the basketball squad, you know, the one thing you can't always control is your effort. And we've not always seen this Florida State team do well on the effort standpoint. But once they got over the slow start against Tech, they played 45, 48 minutes of tough football with the exception of that last drive. And they played a full 60 minutes of tough football against Miami. So those are encouraging things as they enter the Syracuse contest. I, I want to go back to something, a name you brought up in our in our opening segment, Keith, and that's Trey Benson, because he is uh, really running the football well right now. I, I, I don't recall a guy of late. I don't know who the, the comparable is at, uh, at FSU. You mentioned... I think Greg Allen on our Sunday show. I've heard somebody mention a smaller, smaller version, obviously a smaller version of Greg. Yeah, he's not as big as Sammy Smith, but he doesn't go down with the first, uh, the first tackle. But uh, it's it still, it just seems like his, uh, in much the way we've seen great growth from Jordan Travis over a, a little bit longer sample size. I mean, there's been great growth from Trey, and he's coming back from injury. He, he's testing things and doing things he hasn't ever done before because he's never really competed at the college level until this season. One of the things we talk about in terms of measuring a staff, a football staff, is how well do they develop players? You know, first game, second game versus eighth game, ninth game. How much of a difference is there in him? And obviously you would judge Benson as having made great progress. We've seen times over the last two or three or four years where, where kids regressed. They were actually playing poor at the latter half or latter third of the season than when they began. I don't think you can say that about any of the, at least the starting type players on offense or defense. Every one of them has gotten better. And, and that's a long-term measurement thing, but I think kudos goes to the staff. Uh, as well as the players continuing to give effort and compete. Benson Benson has been good, and they should have Treshawn Ward back. Treshawn Ward, to my knowledge, was available last week. He was dressed out, warmed up, but the way the game went, they didn't need to put him in there with with Benson and Toa Feely uh, doing so well. Uh, it's really a nice mix of running backs for FSU right now. What what do you want to see from this FSU team this, this coming weekend? Uh, I should point out, by the way, Keith, and I haven't mentioned this yet. There's only Florida. So Florida State ranks in the top 20 nationally in total offense and total defense. Top 20. Now, considering where we came through from the last few years, top 20 on both. There's only four schools in the country that can make that claim. And, and the schools are Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, and FSU. So there's a thing that points to the coaching that you're talking about. Well, and, and I think all Seminole fans hearing that might react the way I'm fixing to. Okay, that's great, but I don't trust it yet. You know, that, that, is that an anomaly or is that where we're going to be? And again, that's part of the uh, maturity. And, 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 you know, I'm sure the kids know that. And the question becomes how, how much do they want to stay there? How much are they willing to work during the week in order to maintain that type of statistic? Because years past, longer than recent memory, you know, Florida State stayed there all the time. So it became an expectation. So I hear that. I, had, I did not know that. I had not looked that up. So thank you for sharing that with me. 
and maybe our many of our listeners don't know that. Uh, so my first reaction is, uh, oh, can we stay there? Will they stay there? Do I trust it? Well, and I think had Florida State won one of those three games they lost, most notably the NC State game, I think everybody would feel a little bit better and maybe a little sure. more comfortable sure. that you could do it. But I, I, again, I, I will go back to this. I bring up the NC State game, Keith. It was the start of October last year, and Mike Norvell had not won a road game at that point. And then they went on the road in Chapel Hill, and they beat North Carolina. Well, later, that, then they lost to Clemson, uh, got a road win at Boston College, and then lost at Florida. So I guess they were 2-2 two and two the second half of the season on the road last year. But then they go on the road this year, and they beat LSU. Then they go on the road, and they beat Louisville. And they've gone on the road, and they've beaten Miami. Now, the NC State game is the one in there, but but in 13 months, they've gone from can this team win on the road to somebody that's, honestly, they've been better on the road than at home if you look at a one-loss percentage this year. Or, or the eye test. You know, how did they look in playing the game? Because we would all agree that they should have won the NC State game. They just didn't. And, and that's no discredit to NC State. It's just that it didn't work out. Well, now it's beginning to work out. Now, the downside is they go to Syracuse with the big head, and uh, we're good, and we know we're good, and we don't have to work, and we don't have to pay attention, and we don't have to give effort. We can throw that helmet out there, and we'll win and get your you-know-what handed to you. That'll be a, also a, a, a evidence that you can't trust them just yet. We I don't seen. think that will happen. I don't think that will happen, but we always have to be the, recognize that and have it in the back of our minds. We've seen some games that are less clean than others. I don't think we've seen a game where the effort was off, though. Now That's maybe, true. I, I, I will concede that. I will concede that. You are correct. Yeah, I think the effort is, has always been good. I mean, they like playing for each other. They like playing for Norvell. Uh, the focus, and, and I don't just mean the focus during the game, but if you're not focused and having a great week of practice, that shows stuff shows up on Saturday. Sure. So, sure. So, so hopefully it's a clean week of practice. I don't know what to make of uh, Syracuse. I, I knew when they got to six and zero, it was a little, little bit of a mirage when you looked at who they've beaten. But then they were leading Clemson late in that game, and you thought, okay, well maybe. But now they've dropped three in a row. Their quarterback's been hurt. Best receiver didn't even have a catch last week. Their running back Sean Tucker the last two weeks. It's almost as if he's injured because he's been a non-factor, and I can't figure that out. And he's so the reigning uh, leader in yardage from last year, right? He was the leading rusher that, in the conference. I believe that's correct. And I was impressed with Garrett Schrader, Schrader a year ago, uh, more with how he ran the ball. But this year he mixed in the, the ability to pass the ball, uh, a little bit like Jordan Travis in developing more that way. So we'll see what they get. It's also basketball season now. Syracuse tipped off the season as well. So, I mean, the Orange faithful may have moved on from football and be paying attention to Jim Beheim's guys now. Uh, I hear, by the way, that Syracuse basketball is actually playing a little zone defense. Is the earth fixing to spin itself off the axis and hurl itself into the sun? What's going on there? No, you mean they're you, instead of zone, they're playing man now? Is that what you're trying I'm to sorry, say? I'm sorry. I missed. I said it backwards. They're playing more man than zone. I said it backwards. Yeah, we are going to hurl off the axis because Jones can't keep his zone versus man-to-man -man defense straight. Yeah, yeah. death taxes and Bayheim playing uh, matchup zone up there. All right, Keith. Well, are you predicting a win this week? I am. Uh, I'm, I don't think it'll be a 42-point win. I'll be pleased if it is, but I don't think it will be. Uh, but I think they will respond. I don't know that it'll be an absolute shellacking, 
Uh, but I think they'll go up there and for 60 minutes, they'll dominate. I just don't think they'll win by 42. Who would? But yes, I think they will be victorious. Yeah, I don't I don't think anybody would expect that kind of a lopsided score in this one. Syracuse is, uh, if you can get them to quit or check out, it's not going to look the same as Miami quitting a week ago when they, they really just wanted to turn in their pads and stay in the locker room at halftime. By the way, the best line, the best line out of the Miami game is that uh, Governor DeSantis should appoint uh, Mario Cristobal as the head of Florida's version of FEMA because he was able to evacuate 65,000 people out of Hard Rock in about three minutes. <laughs> it might have been quicker than that, but it was it was a job well done, no question. <laughs> All right, folks, we're out of time. He's Keith. I'm Tom. We'll uh, wrap up the Syracuse game on Sunday and talk to you next week right here. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles.